Shalom Malakim. Peace be upon you and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we're going to be talking about the Festival of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. There's a portion summary um, up at TorahPortions.org. The required reading uh, for this week would be Leviticus chapter 22, um, verse 26 through 2344, and then Zechariah chapter 14, which we will be reading this morning, which would be the half Torah. But I just wanted to read you the little snippet that they have for the portion summary, which says, Five days after the Day of Atonement... The festival of booths begins. The festival starts with a Yom Tov Sabbath on the 15th day of the seventh month and continues for seven days. The Hebrew name for the festival is Sukkot, a word often translated in English as tabernacles or booths. The name is derived from the commandment that requires Jewish people to dwell in temporary shelters for the duration of the festival as a reminder of the post-Exodus years when Israel lived in huts and booths in the wilderness. So today we are going to read from the prophet Zechariah chapter 14, uh, but I'm going to be covering an article with you that I wrote uh, 2001, and this is up at scriptureandprophecy.com. So if you go to the website, you go at the top, far right, it says teachings. You go down to biblical feast days, and then you'll choose... The Feast of Tabernacles study. And uh, it's, it's pretty much got everything that you're going to need uh, for understanding the Feast of Sukkot. So that's what we are going to do this morning. I thank you for joining me. I pray that you'll be blessed uh, by this study. All right. Let's begin. I'll be going through the article. We'll read a little bit from Leviticus. We're going to read a little bit from Nehemiah. And uh, a little bit from the book of Revelation, and we're going to read chapter 14, which isn't very long, from Zechariah. So with that backdrop, let's begin. The Feast of Tabernacles is a very important biblical feast. And is one of only three feasts where the Israelites were commanded to travel to Jerusalem to celebrate and observe the appointed time. We can see the commandment in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 23, starting with verse 39. Also, in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit to the land, shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And shall take you on the first day the boughs of goodly trees and branches of palm trees and the boughs of thick trees and the willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And you shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year and it shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in the booth seven days All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths, that your generation may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. The 
Feast of Tabernacles is a beautiful picture of God dwelling among his people. Our blessed hope is that Jesus, our Savior, will, will soon return where he will dwell with us forever. This is the ultimate fulfillment of the appointed time. However, it should be noted, there has already been a partial fulfillment during the first advent of Messiah. What really makes the Feast of Tabernacles interesting is that it seems to be the only feast wherein during the kingdom of Messiah, the entire world will be expected to observe it or be punished through, through the withholding of rain. This is extremely fascinating. We can see this prophecy in the book of Zechariah. So, before we move any further in this article, I thought we should just read chapter 14 of the prophet Zechariah. It's an important prophecy, as it uh, could very well be speaking to things that, Lord willing, we may see in our day. Let's have a look. Very short chapter, very important chapter, and it should... Uh, really uh, make it obvious how important the Feast of Tabernacles is still to be in our future. Let's have a look. Chapter 14. Behold, a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you will be divided among you. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle and the city will be captured, the houses plundered, the women ravished, and half the city exiled. But the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fights in the day of battle. In that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem, on the east. And the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle from east to west by a very large valley so that half of the mountain will move forward in the north and the other half towards the south please note pretty sure this is uh, you know often when I'll read about Jerusalem being you know ravished I think of uh, what took place in 70 AD right trying to keep things in context but this is clearly future um to my knowledge, Messiah hasn't landed on the Mount of Olives and then it's split. Right? I mean, this is what's being described here. It says that the very, by a very large valley, that half of the mountain will move towards the north and the other half towards the south. Verse 5. You will flee by the valley of my mountain. For the valley of the mountain will reach to Azel. Yes, you will flee just as you fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come, and all the holy ones with him. That's a phrase that gives should give us a little bit of chill, right? It actually ends, it's, 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 it's like an explanation mark. The Lord my God will come, and all the holy ones with him. In that day, there will be no light. 
the luminaries will dwindle. For it will be a unique day, which is known to the Lord neither day nor night, but it will come about at that evening time. There will be light. And in that day, living waters will flow out of Jerusalem, half of them towards the eastern sea and the other half towards the western sea. And it will be summer as well as in winter. It will be in the summer as well as in the winter. Verse 9. And the Lord will be king over all the earth in that day. The Lord will be the only one, and his name the only one. All the land will be changed into a plain from Geba to Rimon south of Jerusalem, but Jerusalem will rise and remain on its site from Benjamin's gate as far as the place of the first gate to the corner gate, from the tower of Hanau to the king's wine presses. People will live in it, and there will be no longer be a curse for Jerusalem. Jerusalem will dwell in security. Now, this will be the plague with which the Lord will strike all the peoples who have gone to war against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they stand on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongue will rot in their mouth. It will come about in that day a great panic from the Lord will fall on them, and they will seize one another's hands, and the hand of one will be lifted against the hand of another. Judah will fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the surrounding nations will be gathered gold and silver and garments in great abundance. So also like this plague will be the plague on the horse, the mule, the camel, the donkey, all the cattle that will be in those camps. Then it will come about that anyone who are left of all the nations that went against Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and celebrate the feast of booths. And it will be Whichever of the families of the earth does not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, there will be no rain on them. If the family of Egypt does not go up or enter, then no rain will fall on them, and it will be the plague which the Lord smites the nations who do not go up to celebrate the Feast of Booths. This will be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations who do not go up to celebrate the Feast of Booths. And that day, there will be inscribed on the bells of the horses, Holy to the Lord. And the cooking pots in the Lord's house will be like the bowls before an altar. Every cooking pot in Jerusalem and in Judah will be holy to the Lord of hosts, and all who sacrifice will come and take of them and boil in them. And there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts in that day. Very interesting. That is Zechariah chapter 14. And really, uh, the chapter needs a full out, full study out, um, which we don't have time to do this morning because we're just trying to cover the Feast of Tabernacles. But there's a lot to consider, a lot to break down, a lot of historical background to maybe look at, um, things to interpret that might be symbolic. Just very, very interesting. 
it seems to describe a, a world much different than the one we live in right now. And there's going to be like this massive, severe judgment, right? Anybody who's who, any, any those who participated in going up against Jerusalem, uh, it says that their flesh will rot, right? Where they stand on their feet. Some translations paint a picture. It almost seems like uh, their flesh and their eyes and their tongues are melting as they stand. And this is, and some people suspect like a nuclear blast or whatever, but it seems to be here that it's like the judgment of God. And maybe someday here in the future, we'll take a deeper dive into this chapter, um, do some cross-referencing with other scriptures, and really flush this thing out. Kind of like what we did with uh, the book of Revelation several, several years ago. Uh, but the point I wanted to make for all of you this morning is that there's coming a day when the Feast of Tabernacles will be expected to be observed by the entire world. And that day is when Messiah's feet land and he sets up himself as king. Not just in like a... Obviously he's king now and everything belongs to him now. But there's, the Bible seems to paint a picture of a, like a literal physical fulfillment of this kingdom. To which I say, Maranatha, couldn't come quick enough. I want a world where Jesus is physically here ruling from Jerusalem and justice finally going forth. May it come in our day. All right, let's finish up our study, our article here. Again, this is up at scriptureandprophecy.com. Continuing on here. To Israel. The Feast of Tabernacles was a reminder of how God brought them out of Egypt and how they dwelt in tents or booths in the wilderness for 40 years and how God was among them and eventually brought them into a land of their own. The Sukkot which is a temporary dwelling, is also a reminder to us all that just like the Sukkot, our lives here on earth are also temporary. In the book of Nehemiah, we see a beautiful picture and an example of the Feast of Tabernacles being lived out by the Israelites who had recently returned to the land after Babylonian captivity. Let's read Nehemiah chapter 8, 13, verses 13 through 18. If you remember... We read Nehemiah chapter 8 for the Feast of Trumpets because it addresses all... Nehemiah chapter 8 is very important for those of you who want to study the Feast of Jehovah because it's the best example we have in the scriptures of it actually being observed um, like long after the Exodus. So we're going to start with verse 13 because we're just dealing with tabernacles today. So Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 13, here's what it says. And on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all people, the priests and the Levites, unto Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths in the feast of the seventh month, and that they should publish and proclaim it in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go forth unto the mount. 
and fetch olive branches and pine branches and myrtle branches and palm branches and branches of thick trees to make booths as it is written. So the people went forth and they brought them and they made themselves booths, every one upon the roof of his house and in their courts and in the courts of the house of God and in the streets of the water gate and in the streets of Ephraim. And all the congregation of them that were come out of captivity made booths, and they sat under the booths. For since the days of Yeshua, the son of Nun, unto the day had not the children of Israel done so. And there was very great gladness. Also day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read in the book of the law of God. And they kept the feast seven days. And in the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto the manner. Nehemiah 8, 13 through 18. We're almost finished here. Let's wrap up. For the Christian, the Feast of Tabernacles is a reminder of how the Son of God walked on the earth and gave his life as a ransom for many. He paid for our sins on the old wooden cross, becoming the Passover Lamb of God. And he is coming again to gather us to himself, where we will be comforted for all eternity. We can see a picture of our great king reigning and ruling and dwelling among his people in the book of Revelation. Four verses from the book of Revelation, chapter 20. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped a beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, were in their hands, and they lived, and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Oh, how we long to see the fulfillment of this great feast of Jehovah. Oh, how we long to tabernacle with our God, and he with us. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And that, my friends, is our study of the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. I hope that you've been blessed this morning, strengthened by the Word of God. Go back and uh, study out uh, Zechariah 14. Uh, it's a, it's full. It's a short chapter, but it's full of interesting things to dwell upon. That's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.